deal of input and content already. And I mean, a little bit of that, I've been given an instruction, I had 20 minutes. So you can even use some of that, and I have a five. <laughs> My trouble is that I was actually going to preach on a rather difficult passage, highly appropriate to the theme, though, today. But it's one of those ones that, you know, once you get into it, you really need to finish, because otherwise it's easily uh, misunderstood story. So I'm just debating in my mind what to do. <laughs> well, Mary, she loves it. She's all the preaching and everything. And uh, I'll, I'll just do a whistle stop. I'll, I'll give that um, warning at the beginning. You know, if you misunderstanding something from this passage and, and you're still confused when you leave here, you know, come and talk to me after. <laughs> okay, so it all doesn't develop it in a way that perhaps it fully should be developed. It's a story about a dishonoring of the Father. I'll, I'll, and I'll read it first, and you can see that you'll understand why I'm perplexed and, uh, you know, why I'm not perplexed, but I'm uh, cautious about entering this story. It is a story that we've been looking at two kings. Remember the passing over the mantle from Elijah to Elisha? And it's all about this prophetic ministry. You know, bring up. Um, it's only my conscience, but now I must be your conscience, Raymond. Right? You did misquote that verse at the end of the last. Because it didn't say, I will send Jesus. It said, I will send the prophet Elijah, is what it actually said. And it's reference to John the Baptist. And also to a further fulfillment of that promise of the prophetic mantle and ministry being released on the earth that is going to turn the hearts of the fathers and children and children's children. Now, of course, Jesus is the one who fulfilled that. So. You're not really a total heretic, but you're just a bad Bible scholar. <laughs> I didn't answer a text. She sent me a text saying I only had 20 minutes, but I didn't answer it. I will really try to do 20 minutes. Here's the story. So we're looking at that. So, you know, if he says, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet to turn the hearts of the fathers and children, you know, where are we going to learn about that if we're going to be people who are in the spirit and the power of Elijah? Because that's a calling at the end of the day. It's not going to be one great superstar. It is a company of people, godly people, who are going to fulfill that calling to be the two witnesses of Revelation, if you like, to fulfill both Moses and Elijah. And of course, the reference there was remember the teaching I gave to Moses at Horeb. And that's a whole other thing. We can't go into the teaching at Horeb, but there's a beautiful thing there, but that'll have to be for another day. But we need to understand, because on the first glance of reading the stories of Elijah, I don't seem to get an awful lot of understanding about turning hearts of fathers and children. It seems like stories that don't entirely relate to that. And this one, even the least of all, perhaps, but actually it touches something at the very heart of it. So I will just plow on and do it. I'll do it as quick as I can. I'll leave all the people confused and feel the door No, I won't be confused. Okay, here we are, two kings. Elisha has received the mantle of Elijah. He has just healed the waters of Jericho, the unclean waters of Jericho. Now that's, we didn't particularly relate it to the Father thing, but that also is to do with the Father. You know, and Jesus also fulfilled this. When he healed, he went to Jericho himself, and he healed a blind man, remember the story? Bar Timaeus. You know what? 
That means the Jewish word bar is son and shemes uncleanness. Okay? The son of uncleanness in Jericho. It's an echo back to this story. In, in the story here of Jericho's waters, there was death and miscarriage. There was trouble in that city. And the reason there was trouble in that city was because a horrible father had founded that city against the wisdom of God from before. I can't go into all the stories. But a man named Hyle built it and he sacrificed his son at the gates. So he was a man who, who dishonored his children terribly. And so Jericho had this uncleanness. And Jesus went and opened the eyes of Bartimaeus. In that city. So that's a great prophetic act. He is moving in the spirit and power of Elijah himself. In that. But immediately after that story, we, we can develop more from that now. I have preached it a few times already, actually. But um, we haven't, we've only scratched the surface of it, obviously. But anyway, look here. Now we're in back to Bethel. These are the primary spheres of operation of the prophetic uh, anointing. And so it says, after this, after he healed the water, or the waters were clean in Jericho after that. He then went up to Bethel, and while he was on his way, some boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, Go up, you bald head. Go up, you bald head, in the name of the Lord. I'm oh, sorry. Go up, you bald head. And he turned to them, and when he saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out of the woods and tore 42 of the boys. And from there he went on to Mount Carmel, and then he returned to Samaria. Now, that is a very brief story. That is not, doesn't sound like a very good story, does it? Does that sound like a story about being a good father? Okay. So, let me tell you how the wrong way to read that story is. Some kindergarten kids were out playing. This weird-looking old bald guy wearing some kind of camel hair walks by, and they giggle, and so he curses them, and, and, they, and the bear comes out of the woods and kills them. That is the wrong way to read this story, okay? We need to think a bit more deeply. The word that's used for young boys in the first place refers to uh, youths, really. It's not kids talking about it. It could be up to, in other places in the scripture, it's, it's just about foolish youths. For example, it's used uh, by the young men who advised Solomon's son. Solomon's son was a real cocky guy after Solomon died. He took over and he said, uh, Oh, should I lower the tax? Well, actually, all the people came and said, uh, we really are suffering under the heavy tax load. Could you lower the tax load? And so he goes to his advisors. First, the old advisors came together. Yeah, that would be a real good idea to lower the tax. I mean, taxes are spiking. And so he didn't like that advice. So he goes to the youths. He had some, what we would say, and this would be the word that we would kind of say, jobbish friends. And they said, nah, let's just live it up. Put the taxes up even. Okay? Same word that's used here. He wasn't a kid. He didn't go to some you know, kindergarten kid and ask them for advice about taxes. He went to foolish young men. Okay? So we're talking about foolish young men here. And why are they foolish young men? In Bethel? Well, I've given you the hint already. Because the city was founded by a very foolish father. By a very unloving father. He sacrificed his children to his own vanity and his own greatness. I want to be a great city builder. I'm going to sacrifice my children to do it. Okay? There are men who do that. But they're not going to have great kids, are they? They're going to be insecure, troubled, 
The other thing that happened in Bethel is that there was a golden calf built there by Jeroboam, who was an early king. When they, after that event that I just told you about, Solomon, the kingdom split at that point. He put the taxes up to the Levites of Jerusalem. The kingdom split. And a man named Jeroboam, who took over the northern kingdom, was worried about people gravitating back to Jerusalem. This is all about Joshua, this whole story, okay? Who does Joshua make the city of Jerusalem? Because of the bad father. So Jeroboam had put a golden cap at the at Bethel and taught the people to sort of have this kind of mixture of sort of worshiping God but also worshiping God. And God is just a golden cap of kind of fertility, God, like Baal or Ashtaroth, just one of those gods in that day. Money and sex basically is the driving thing about any of them. Now, Hundred ways we can go again. But I want to go. My title actually is Honor Your Father and Mother. That's actually my title. Ten Commandments. Fifth Commandment. Honor Your Father and Mother. Apostle Paul says it's the first commandment we promise that it may be well with you on the earth. It's actually given by God. He gives this commandment with the promise that we well with you. Now there's one other commandment. Has a little bit of other explanation to it as well, and that is the second commandment. Does anybody know what the second commandment is? What the warning is about it? It's too late. I believe the second commandment and the fifth commandment both have a little attache to them. The second commandment is do not make any idol of graven image and don't worship it. Okay? It says, because if you do, the sins of the fathers will be visited on the children. Maybe I'll just read it so I don't fall into Exodus 20. This is the second commandment. You shall not make yourself a graven image or any likeness of anything that is heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I am the Lord your God and a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation. Those who hate Again, many of these Old Testament things can be misread. What is God actually saying by this? Is he saying, well, I'm just going to go and keep on punishing, and I won't be satisfied punishing the dad, I'm going to punish the kids as well? Is that what God is actually saying here? No, that can be misread that way, but it's not what he's saying. The thing he is warning against is that the consequences of idolatry run to four generations. Right? If your father was one like Heil, who's in Bethel, he's worshipping the golden calf, he's worshipping himself and his own importance, his vanity, his wealth, his own sexual gratification. And let me tell you, everybody whose father has wounded them and hurt them probably was falling in a lot of those categories. Let's be honest. And the warning is, look, The problem with doing that is you're going to make a lot of grief for your kids for the next generation. It's like the Martin was saying, he's father and boy. And this is what we have here. These are the guys that have grown up in this city. This gang of dogs out there despising any authority at all. And that creates terrible consequences. 
take care of a monkey. Because, you know, what if, what if God's representative, primary representative on the earth? What would you say? What is, what is God's primary representative on the earth? The Pope? Pastors? Prophets? Great evangelists? No. The parents. Mom and dad. All the rest of them are just kind of drawn in to try and help so mom and dad they get right. See, that's why Elijah the prophet is coming. Turn the hearts of God's children. If there was mom and dad who okay, you wouldn't need any of these prophets. They're just extras. They're just like emergency sort of people. Mom and dad, right? That's God's representation. Now, so honor your father and mother. Big deal. Because that's how you honor God. But so what if you have a bad mom and dad? Let me ask you first of all. How do you know she had a bad mom? Because you kind of know what a good one is supposed to be like, don't you? You actually do. One of the things, if you ever talk to an atheist, one of the reasons they'll tell you they don't believe in God is because he's not like this, 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 and this, and this. He was like, you know, he, what about all the starving kids? What about this, that, and the other? So I don't believe in him. So I thought, well, how did you know that God was supposed to be like that? Huh? They give it away, don't they? How do you actually know that God is supposed to be loving and good? You never you don't believe in him because he isn't. We actually do know. And this thing actually started out with a perfect father. So I could ask the question, well, do these boys have an excuse then for being the yelps that they are? Is that a valid excuse? Well, my dad was a whatever. Or he wasn't around, or he, he was out working with people with his cap, whatever that may mean. Is that a good excuse? Is that a valid excuse then? You, you sense that this is a trick question. It actually isn't. I'm not saying God isn't merciful, because he, he has sent other representatives to make up for what we have lost in our maybe in our time where we not had a good mom and dad. That's that with other representatives, prophets, priests, people, other other sorts figures and so on. But see ultimately the human problem of sin is one of rebellion against the father. God's father. And he was a perfect father. And so the first sin was not a sin of somebody who had had a bad father. The first sin was actually somebody who had a good father. So, if you're going to stop this thing, if you're going to end this sort of retribution, well, I'm doing this because my dad's like this, so what? I'm going to become a dad like that as well? Is that the answer? I, I praise God when I meet, and you do meet them, people that come out of a really horrible background that say, I am not going to be like my dad. I'm going to be like this. Isn't that the answer? Yeah. You know, they say, well, I don't have therefore I could go out and be a horrible job and be a mean guy to everyone else. That's crazy, isn't it? It's starting with us to dishonor and it needs to begin with us to trade back our hearts to God. And that may mean honoring our fathers and mothers. I don't say that we honor evil fathers in their evilness, but maybe it's, for some of us, it has to be more general. Basically. 
that we recognize what true fatherhood and motherhood is, and we honor that. Because that is what God is about. And it's a very liberating thing to turn our hearts in that direction. And we're warned, I'll just finish really quickly here. Now. A pretty sad quick seminar. Have I covered pieces of meat for you guys this morning, though? I'm going to finish with this. Because we are actually called to be the life generation. We are called. As a church, even in our society, there's Martha out there. She's like Elijah. What am I going to do about this situation? She's going to be dealing with the people that want to go and take revenge. What's she going to tell them? How is she going to pray? How do we pray? We turn our hearts back to the Father. I think, I mean, in this story here, there was some punishment. I doesn't say they were killed or the bears were not in the plot. I wouldn't do if you were up. Being harassed by some young, wouldn't you just rejoice if a bear came out of the woods and slapped him and you're proud of it? Some of them need a good slapping. It's okay. Because they never had a father to discipline them properly. No, a good father is not some kind of sugar daddy who just puts up with everything and compensates for all your problems. You can live how you like and he goes running around behind with all his money. No, he's he's moving like that. He was a rich guy. He's running around trying to compensate for his kids and buying them out of court and having expensive lawyers. He's doing all this. Trust the stupid father like that. That's all. He does discipline us. And it says, you know, we have a father's discipline. So I, I see this more as a story like these boys got in a 10 minute interval all the discipline they had missed with their dad's raw, getting rich somewhere else or doing whatever. They got it all in concentrated form and focused their attention. Okay? That's the right way to apply this story. We are talking about a man who is an example of turning hearts. And, children. and the other side of it is that, you know, the warning, uh, you know, if you live a certain way, it's a destructive lifestyle. And God doesn't spare us from that. He warns us. You know, this is a lifestyle that heads to death. You know, you can despise the authority of God. Okay, so maybe you guys had a bad thought, but there they had a guy at Elisha who had just gone and killed the waters of the city. Maybe what Elijah was about, and Elisha, and they were now rejecting it. So they had an opportunity. They needed to make the right response. They really needed to make the right response. Okay, I haven't fully covered that story actually, but let me just say this: we are in such days. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, useless parents, ungrateful, unholy. Continue on, go on and on. This is the age that we live in. An ungrateful, unhateful, angry, vengeful, uh, unholy age, indulging appetites of every kind and believing that a right to have to live out the same. And we're walking with the thing and being as honorable, godly people. And the Elijah generation is divine. That sometimes there will actually need to be judgment in that. There will be judgment. And we will have to learn how to understand God's judgment and take the right side. You know, even when Babylon, the world system begins to collapse, not all Christians, it's pretty clear, are like, some aren't really sure. Oh, I'm getting really sad about this, you know, this, the whole system. I, I actually love this financial system, the world is gone. It begins to collapse. 
Are you going to be rejoicing? Or? You know, a lot of us will have to make choices. Because God's judgments are coming on the earth. And we need to be on the right side of it. How will we respond? Will we can't be good. How will we respond? I need God to teach our hearts. But to tell you how it begins, on your father and mother. And in that, you're only about to bear the crying representation of God. And that is God's idea. We need to honor fatherhood and motherhood as a society. That's pretty amazing. I mean, even in the last 20, 30 years, I've seen that. You know, in the old days, you used to watch TV, it was like spraying the barns, and there was always loving and wise father, and love was good, and was brilliant. You watch it now. And, you know, now in the middle of something, that's what it takes. So, and they're great to start that. Parents are just falling asleep. Total moron. Great. You know, mocker. Look at East Edmonds. Is there not a single mom or dad on there that's even worth anything? Are there? None of them. Every once in a while they straggle out of prison or something and start making a claim on their kids as if they would have rights to say anything. Our society is dishing up huge dishonoring of Man and woman of marriage of father and mother. You know? In a hundred different ways. But this is a fundamental thing. This is not a little sideline issue. Oh, we have Father's Day and Mother's Day once in a while. This, you know, God put it in one of the big ten. And he links the two, really, the second command. But it's fundamental stuff. Do we honor God? Do we love God? Do we honor this way, this order of things? Or are we going to be enjoying scoffers? Whatever. I got plenty of hair. Some of you guys wear hats. Not really right in church. Anyway, look, I thought I didn't do 20 minutes, but I realized it's So there we are. Sorry, it's so quick. We will talk about these things more because yeah, they're fundamental things. And I'll just pray now, and you know, these are fundamental things that we need to grapple with. Father, we just thank you. And Lord, we ask for this grace that the Elijah anointed to be your representative in this society which has lost sight of father and mother that in the honoring of is appropriate. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.